Hello, and welcome to the Idiot Book Nook. My name is Blazing, my pronouns are she and her, and they, them. I am the Reading Dragon. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Lady Punnett. My pronouns today are she, her, sometimes they are they, them, when I'm going through major body dysmorphia. And I'm just happy to be here. Excellent. Now for Sorry. Our... I should rephrase. She, her. It's been a hell of a morning. Please excuse us. If you're watching live on Twitch, you'll know exactly why. We have spent the last half an hour, literally, the, the first half an hour of stream, literally just bullshitting and chatting and, like, f fucking around, so. Derailing. And, ADD. Yep. yep. So. Fixing yeah, camera problems. We're yeah. going to duck into our uh disclaimer this morning and well i mean whatever time you're listening whatever time of day you're listening to this we here at the idiot book nook do not support the actions views or opinions of jk rowling we are simply harry potter fans who grew up with the books during important times in our life for us hogwarts is and will continue to be home we do not condone the racist, transphobic, and anti-Semitic imagery that is depicted within the pages of these books. It should also be noted that this podcast includes spoilers, so if you haven't yet read the books, you may want to consider revisiting us when you've had a chance to catch up, unless you don't care about spoilers, in which case, welcome to the party. Me. Unfortunately, Ooh. we can't tell you what to do. It's your choice, and we cannot be held responsible for anything you might hear on this podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Insert, blah, 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 blah. Insert legal jargon and cover your ass statements here. <laughs> also, Listener discretion advised. Why am I using a teeth whitening guide as a bookmark? I don't know. Is it a used one or a new one? It's just a guide. It's a guide, isn't that? Oh, it's a... oh, it's. I thought it was like one of those like whitening strips. Nope. <laughs> were you, Blazwing? Were you were you testing out a teeth whitening product at some point? No. <laughs> oh, that's even more concerning then. What about Whisper? No. <laughs> Someone wants you to have whiter teeth in your house. <laughs> they may not live there. <laughs> All right, since we are officially into the podcast here, we should probably get started with chapter probably. 11. Probably. I, I mean, I guess. I guess. <sighs> uh, oh. Let me just wake up a little bit more. Oh, <laughs> right. I should probably also do our socials and stuff. Give me one second here. Yes, please. Still don't have a link tree. I gotta make a link tree one of these days. All right, I'm gonna. I'm running everything manually this morning, so. Um, if you want to follow us on socials, our socials are as follows. You can find Lady Punnett on TikTok at Paulina Avalon. You can find myself on Linktree at L A N K T R dot E E slash Blazewing two zero one zero. You can find The Reading Dragon on Linktree at l-a-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash The Reading Dragon. You can find our podcast website host at anchor.fm slash idiot dash book dash nook. And you can find our website at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com. If you would like to leave us voice messages, you can go over to our anchor feed, you can record messages for us, and then we can play that live here on the show. And, um... 
we could potentially have a viewer feedback uh, episode or something like that, mailbag, or I don't know. We'll have to figure out something to call it, but yeah. Also, if you wanted to uh, support us in any way, whether it's as a whole or us individually, those are also in our links. You don't have to if you do not have the means or you don't want to. Otherwise, just sharing our stuff also helps us. I like cookies. Yes. Okay, so send Lady Punnett cookies and whore me out to, to your friends here. Same. I, I like I, Oreos. You what? Oreos. I like Oreos. Oreos. Oreos are good cookies. Double stuffed? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? Is there any other Oreo? Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is making me think of a thing. That being said, we should probably get started with chapter 11 here. You mean the, the fact that we haven't started even though we've been streaming for like a half hour now? <laughs> oh, sorry. We've been streaming for 37 minutes. It, it, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're professionals. We, we know promise. what we're doing. We promise. That is too expensive. For those of you listening to the podcast, I am so sorry. I hope you've enjoyed the ride so far this morning. This is where our brains have gone this morning, and I apologize. Wait. I was going to say I apologize for nothing, but I just did apologize, so fuck it. Yeah. Let's get on with chapter 11. Okay. So. Yay. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's or the Sorcerer's Stone. Narrated by the Reading Dragon, Blazewing 2010, and Lady Punnett. Chapter 11. Quidditch. As they entered November, the weather turned very cold. The mountains around the school became icy gray and the lake like chill mm, and the lake like chilled steel. Every morning the ground was covered in frost. Hagrid could be seen from the upstairs windows, defrosting broomsticks on the Quidditch field, bundled up in a long moleskin overcoat, rabbit fur gloves, and enormous beaver skin boots. The Quidditch the Quidditch season had begun. On Saturday, Harry would be playing in his first match after weeks of training. Gryffindor versus Slytherin. If Gryffindor won, they would move up into second place in the house championship. Hardly anyone had seen Harry play because Wood had decided that, as their secret weapon, Harry should be kept, well, secret. But the news that he was playing Seeker had leaked out somehow, and Harry didn't know which was worse— People telling him he'd be, people telling him he'd be brilliant, or people telling him they'd be running around underneath him holding a mattress. It was really lucky that Harry now had Hermione as a friend. She, he didn't know how he had, bleh. he didn't know how he'd had gotten through all of his homework without her. What with all the last-minute Quidditch practice Wood was making them do, she also had. She also had sent him Quidditch Through the Ages, which turned out to be a very interesting read. Harry learned that there were 700 ways of committing a Quidditch foul, and that all of them had happened during a World Cup match in 1473. That Seekers were usually the smallest and fastest players, and that most serious Quidditch accidents seemed to happen to them. 
that although people rarely died playing Quidditch, referees had been known to vanish and turn up months later in the Sahara, de in the Sahara Desert. Hermione had become a bit more relaxed about breaking rules since Harry and Ron had saved her from the mountain troll, and she was much nicer for it. The day before Harry's first Quidditch match, the three of them were out in the freezing courtyard during break, and she had conjured them up a bright blue fire that could be carried around in a jam jar. They were standing with their backs to it, getting warm, when Snape crossed the yard. Harry noticed at once that Snape was limping. Harry, Ron, and Hermione moved closer together to block the fire from view. They were sure it wouldn't be allowed. Unfortunately, something about their guilty faces caught Snape's eye. He limped over. He hadn't seen the fire, but he seemed to be looking for a reason to tell them off anyway. What's that you got there, Potter? It was Quidditch through the ages. Oh. I don't know if that was quoted, or is that nope, just... that's your oh. go. Nope, it's, it's just, it's your go. There's no quotation marks. Also, do you think he would say it, it was Quidditch, it was Quidditch throughout the ages? Yeah. It was Quidditch through the ages. Harry showed him. Library books are not to be taken outside the school, said Snape. Give it to me. Five points from Gryffindor. He's just made that. He's just made up that rule. Harry muttered angrily as Snape limped away. Wonder what's wrong with his leg. Don't know, but I hope it's really hurting him. Said Ron bitterly. The Gryffindor common room was very noisy that evening. Harry, Ron, and Hermione sat together next to a window. Hermione was checking Harry and Ron's charms homework for them. She would never let them copy. Mm. Uh, why is this in parentheses? It, it's more of a whispering kind of oh. behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay. How she will would... you ever learn? How will you learn? But by asking her to read it through, they got it the right... Mm. But by asking her to read it through, they got the right answers anyway. Harry felt restless. Mm. Harry felt restless. He wanted Quidditch through the ages back to take his mind off his nerves about tomorrow. Why should he be afraid of Snape? Mm. Why should he be afraid of Snape? Getting up, he told Ron and Hermione he was going to ask Snape if he could have it. Better you than me, they said together. But Harry had an idea that Snape wouldn't refuse if there were other teachers listening. He made his way down to the staff room and knocked. There was no answer. He knocked again. Nothing. Perhaps Snape left the book in there? It was worth a try. He pushed the door ajar and peered inside, and a horrible scene met his eyes. Snape and Filch were inside, alone. Snape was holding his robes above his knees. One of his legs was bloody and mangled. Filch was handing some... Filch was handing Snape bandages. Blasted thing, Snape was saying. How are you supposed to keep your eyes on all three heads at once? Harry tried to shut the door quietly, but... Potter! Snape's face was twisted with fury as he dropped his robes quickly to hide his leg. Harry gulped. I just wondered if I could get my... could have my book back. Get out! 
out! Harry left before Snape could take any more points from Gryffindor. He sprinted back upstairs. Did you get it? Ron asked as Harry joined them. What's the matter? In a low whisper, Harry told them what he'd seen. You know what this means? He finished breathlessly. He tried to get past that three-headed dog at Halloween. That's where he's been. That's where he was going when we saw him. He's after whatever it's guarding, and I bet my broomstick he let that troll in to make a diversion. Hermione's eyes were wide. No, he wouldn't. She said. I know he's not very nice, but he wouldn't try and steal something from Dum- something Dumbledore was keeping safe. Honestly, Hermione, you think all teachers are saints or something? Snapped Ron. I'm with Harry. I wouldn't put it past Snape. But what's he? Uh, but what's he after? What's the dog guarding? Harry went to bed with his head buzzing with the same question. Neville was snoring loudly, but Harry couldn't sleep. He tried to empty his mind. He needed to sleep. He had to. He had his first Quidditch match in a few hours. But the expression on Snape's face when Harry had seen his leg wasn't easy to forget. The next morning dawned very bright and cold. The great hall was full of the delicious smell of fried sausages and the cheerful chatter of everyone looking forward to a good Quidditch match. You've got to eat some bread. Uh... You've got to eat some breakfast. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. You've got to eat some breakfast. I don't want anything. Just a bit of toast. I'm Wheedled, ho- Hermione. My brain needs to stop going at the speed of light. <laughs> you not- can try. I know, right? I'm not hungry. Harry felt terrible. In an hour's time, he'd be walking onto the field. Harry... You need your strengths, said Seamus Finnegan. Seekers are always the ones who get clobbered by the other team. Thanks, Seamus, said Harry. Seamus. Yeah, shit. Damn, Seamus, said Harry, watching Seamus pile ketchup on his sausages. Dude, how dare you? I don't know. I do that. I mean, yes, but like piling ketchup onto the sausage instead of having it on the side to just dip in. I mean, I've been known to do that from time to time. But why ketchup? Because ketchup goes on everything. Because mustard and relish don't quite cut it? Mm -hmm. They're too spicy. What? Not for that reason, but... (laughs) Moving on! Are we we trying to eat my mic again? By 11 o'clock... The whole school seemed to be out in the stands around the Quidditch pitch. Many students had binoculars. The seats might be raised high in the air, but it was still difficult to see what was going on sometimes. Ron and Hermione joined Neville, Seamus, and Dean, the West Ham fan... What? The West Ham that... fan up in okay. the top row. I'm just making sure I'm reading that correctly. Dean, okay. the West Ham fan. Okay. And Dean, the West Ham fan, up in the top row. As a surprise for Harry, they had painted a large banner on one of the sheets Scabbers had ruined. It said Potter for President, and Dean, who was good at drawing, had done a large Gryffindor lion underneath. When... Wait, does it really say Potter for President on it? It does say Potter for President, apparently. Oh, shit, okay. I love that. 
Then Hermione had performed a tricky little charm so that the paint flashed different colors. Meanwhile, in the locker room, Harry and the rest of the team were changing into their scarlet Quidditch robes. Slytherin would be, Slytherin would be playing in green. Wood cleared his throat for silence. Okay, men, he said. And, and women, said and, Chaser Angelina Johnson. And women, Wood agreed. This is it. The big one, said Fred Weasley. The one we've all been waiting for, said George. We know all of his speech by heart, Fred told Harry. We were on the team last year. Shut up, you two, said Wood. This is the best team Gryffindor has had in years. We're going to win it. I know it. He glared at them as if to say, Or else. Right, it's time. Good luck, all of you. Harry followed Fred and George out of the locker room and, hoping his knees weren't going to give way, walked onto the field to loud cheers. Madam Hooch was refereeing. She stood in the middle of the field waiting for the two teams, her broom in her hand. One second, I was just making a quick note. Now, I want a nice fair game, all of you, she said. Once they were all gathered around her, Harry, oh, sorry. She said, once they were all gathered around her, Harry noticed that she seemed to be speaking particularly to the Slytherin captain, Marcus Flint, a sixth year. Harry thought Flint looked as if he had some troll blood in him. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw the fluttering banner high above, flashing Potter for President over the crowd. His heart skipped. He felt braver. Mount your brooms, please. Harry clambered onto his Nimbus 2000. Madam Hooch gave a loud blast on her silver whistle. Fifteen brooms rose up high, high into the air. They were off. And the quaffle is taken immediately by Angelina Johnson of Gryffindor. What an excellent chaser that girl is. And rather attractive, too. Jordan! Sorry, Professor. The Weasley twins' friend, Lee Jordan, was doing the commentary for the match, closely watched by Professor McGonagall. And she's really belting along up there. Neat pass to Alicia Spinnett. Good find of Oliver Woods. La uh, of Oliver Woods, last year only a reserve. Back to Johnson, and no, Slytherins have taken the quaffle. Slytherin captives Marcus Flint gains the quaffle, and off he goes. Flint flying like an eagle up there. He's going to... He's going to... No, stopped by an excellent move by the Gryffindor Keeper Wood. And Gryffindors take the quaffle. That's Chaser Katie Bell of Gryffindor there. Nice dive around Flint off up the field. And ouch, that must have hurt. Hit in the back of the head by a bludger. Quaffle taken by the Slytherins. And that's Adrian Pusey speeding off towards the goalposts. But he's blocked by a second bludger. Sent his way by Fred or George Weasley. Can't tell which. Nice play by the Gryffindor beater anyway. And Johnson back in possession of the Quaffle. Clear field ahead. Uh, clear field ahead. And off she goes. She's really flying. Dodges a speeding bludger. The goalposts are ahead. Come on now, Angelina. Keep, uh, uh, keep Bletchley, uh, Keeper Bletchley dives. Misses. Gryffindor score! Gryffindor cheers filled the cold air with howls and moans from the Slytherins. Budge up there. Move along. Hagrid. Ron and Hermione squeezed together to give Hagrid enough space to join them. Been watching for me, Hut. 
said Hagrid, patting a large pair of binoculars around his neck. It isn't the same as being in the crowd. No sign of the snitch yet, eh? Nope, said Ron. Harry hasn't had much to do yet. Keep out of trouble, though. That's something, said Hagrid, raising his binoculars and peering skyward at the speck that was Harry. Way up above them, Harry was gliding over the game, squinting about for some sign of the snitch. This was part of his and Wood's game plan. Keep out of the way until you catch sight of the snitch, Wood had said. We don't want you attacked before you have to be. When Angelina had scored, Harry had done a couple of loop-de-loops to let off his feelings. Now, he was back to staring around for the snitch. Once he caught sight of a flash of gold, but it was just a... Mm. Once, he caught sight of a flash of gold, but it was just a reflection from one of the Weasley's... Mm. From one of the Weasley's wristwatches, and once a badger decided to come pelting his... Ledger. Ludger. I meant to say bludger. And once a bludger decided to come pelting his way, more like a cannonball than anything, but Harry dodged it, and... I'm just going to do this part again, real quick. (laughs) And once a bludger decided to come pelting his way, more like a cannonball than anything, but Harry dodged it, and Fred Weasley came chasing after it. We just stop for a moment, because the thought of a badger coming pelting after Harry up in the sky is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. Now we need a now we need like a bludger in the shape of a badger, or like one of those um, like it's still the shape of a bludger, but it's uh, um, formed in a way where it looks like a badger balled up. All right, there, Harry. He had time to yell as he beat the bludger furiously toward Marcus Flint. Slytherin in possession. Lee Jordan was saying. Chaser Pusey ducks two bludgers, two Weasleys, and Chaser Bell and speeds towards the- Wait a moment, was that the snitch? A murmur ran through the crowd as Adrian Pusey- Is that supposed to be pronounced Poochie? Pusey, Poochie. I think it- Pusey? Something like that? I think it's Pusey. I don't know. A murmur ran through the crowd as Adrian Pusey dropped the quaffle to. Mm. A murmur ran through the crowd as Adrian Pusey dropped the quaffle, too busy looking over his shoulder at the flash of gold that had passed his left ear. Harry saw it. In a great rush of excitement, he dived toward after the streak of gold. Slytherin seeker Terence Higgs had seen it too. Neck and neck, they hurtled toward the snitch. All the chasers seemed have, all of the chasers seemed to have forgotten that they were supposed what they were supposed to be doing as they hung in midair to watch. Harry was faster than Higgs. He could see the little round ball, wings fluttering, darting up ahead. He put out an extra spurt of speed. Wham! A roar of rage echoed from the Gryffindors below. Marcus Flint had blocked Harry on purpose, and Harry's broom spun off course. Harry holding on for dear life. Foul! Screamed the Gryffindors. Madam Hooch spoke angrily to Flint, then ordered a free shot at the goalposts for Gryffindor. But in all of the confusion, of course, the golden snitch had disappeared from sight again. Down in the stands, Dean Thomas was yelling. Send him off, ref! Red card! What are you talking about, Dean? Said Ron. Red card! said Dean furiously. 
in soccer, you get shown the red card and you're out of the game. But this isn't soccer, Dean. Ron reminded him. Hagrid, however, was on Dean's side. They ought to change the rules. Flint could have knocked Harry out of the air. Lee Jordan was finding it difficult to take sides. So after that obvious, uh, after that obvious and disgusting bit of cheating... Jordan! Growled Professor McGonagall. I mean, after that open and revolting foul... Jordan, I'm warning you. All right, all right. Flint nearly kills the Gryffindor seeker, which could happen to anyone, I'm sure. So a penalty to Gryffindor, taken by Spinnet, who puts it away, no trouble, and we continue to play. Gryffindor's still in possession. It was as Harry dodged another... It was as Harry dodged another bludger, which went spinning dangerously past his head, that it happened. His broom gave a sudden, frightening lurch. For a split second, he thought he was going to fall. He gripped the broom tightly with both his hands and knees. He'd never felt anything like that. It happened again. It was as though the broom was trying to buck him off. But Nimbus 2000s did not suddenly decide to buck their riders off. Harry tried to turn back toward the Gryffindor goal posts. Toward the Gryffindor goal posts. He had half a mind to ask Wood to call time out. And then he realized that his broom was completely out of its control. He couldn't turn it. He couldn't direct it at all. It was zigzagging through the air and every now and then making violent swishing movements that almost unseated him. Lee was still commenting. Slytherin in possession. Flint with a quaffle passes to spin it, passes to Bell. Hit in the face by a bludger. Hope it broke his nose. Only joking, Professor. Slytherin score. Oh, no. At the Slytherins were cheering. No one seemed to have noticed that Harry's broom was behaving strangely. It was carrying him slowly higher away from the game, jerking and twitching as it went. Don't know what he's thinking. Don't know what Harry thinks he's doing. Hagrid mumbled. He started through. He stared through his binoculars. If I didn't know, I'd say he'd lost. If I didn't know any better, I'd say he'd lost control of his broom. But he can't have. Suddenly, people were pointing up at Harry all over the stands. His broom had started to roll over and over, with him only just managing to hold on. Then the whole crowd gasped. Harry's broom had given a wild jerk, and Harry swung off it. He was now dangling from it, holding on with only one hand. Did something happen to it when Flint blocked him? Seamus whispered. Can't have. Hagrid said, his voice shaking. Can't nothing interfere with a broom except powerful dark magic. No kid could do that to a Nimbus 2000. At these words, Hermione seized Hagrid's binoculars, but instead of looking up at Harry, she started looking frantically at the crowd. What are you doing? Moaned Ron, gray-faced. I knew it. Hermione gasped. Look, Snape! Or Snape, look! Ron grabbed the binoculars. Snape was in the middle of the stands opposite them. He had his eyes fixed on Harry and was muttering non-stop under his breath. He's doing something. Jinxing the broom, said Hermione. What should we do? Leave it to me. Before Ron could say another word, Hermione had disappeared. Ron turned the binoculars back on Harry. His broom was vibrating so hard it was almost impossible for him to hang on much longer. The whole crowd was on its feet, watching, 
terrified as the Weasleys flew up to try and pull Harry safely onto one of their brooms. But it was no good. Every time they got near him, the broom would jump higher still. They dropped lower and circled beneath him, obviously hoping to catch him if he fell. Marcus Flint seized the quaffle and scored five times without anyone noticing. Come on, Hermione, Ron muttered desperately. Hermione had fought her way across to the stand where Snape stood and was now racing along the row behind him. She didn't even stop to say sorry as she knocked Professor Quirrell head first into the row in front. Reaching Snape, she crouched down, pulled out her wand, and whispered a few well-chosen words. Bright blue flames shot from her wand onto the hem of Snape's robes. It took perhaps 30 seconds for Snape to realize that he was on fire. A sudden yelp told her she had done her job, scooping the fire off him into a little jar into her Scooping the fire off him into a little jar in her pocket, she scrambled back along the row. Snape would never know what had happened. It was enough. Up in the air, Harry was suddenly able to clamber back onto his broom. Neville, you can look, Ron said. Neville had been sobbing into Hagrid's jacket for the last five minutes. Harry was speeding forward. Harry was speeding toward the ground when the crowd saw him clap his hand to his mouth as though he was about to be sick. He hit the field on all fours, coughed, and something gold fell out of his hand. I've got the snitch, he shouted, waving it above his head, and the game ended in complete confusion. He didn't catch it. He nearly swallowed, sorry, he didn't catch it. He nearly swallowed it. Flint was still howling 20 minutes later, but it made no difference. Harry hadn't broken any rules, and Lee Jordan was still happily shouting the results. Gryffindor had won by 170 points to 60. Harry heard none of this, though. He was being made a cup of strong tea back in Hagrid's hut with Ron and Hermione. It was Snape. Wait. Ron was explaining. Hermione and I saw him. He was cursing your broomstick, muttering he wouldn't take his eyes off of you. Rubbish, said Hagrid, who hadn't heard a word of what had gone on next to him in the stands. Why would Snape do something like that? Harry, Ron, and Hermione looked at one another, wondering what to tell him. Harry decided on the truth. I found out something about him, he told Hagrid. Tried to get past the three-headed dog on Halloween. It bit him. We think he was trying to steal whatever it was guarding. Hagrid dropped the teapot. How do you know about Fluffy? He said. Fluffy? Yeah, he's mine. Bought him off a Greek chappy I met in the pub last year and then lent him to Dumbledore to guard the. Yes? said Harry eagerly. Ah, don't ask me anymore, said Hagrid gruffly. That's top secret, that is. Uh, but Snape's trying to steal it. Rubbish, said Hagrid again. Snape's a Hogwarts teacher. He'd do nothing of the sort. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to fix things. Yep. So why did he tr just try and kill Harry? <clears throat> cried Hermione. 
the afternoon's events certainly seemed to have changed her mind about Snape. It was a jinx when I... I know a drink jinx when I see one, Hagrid. I read all about them. You've got to keep eye contact, and Snape wasn't blinking at all. I saw him. I'm telling you, you're wrong, said Hagrid hotly. I don't know why Harry's broom acted like that, but Snape wouldn't try and kill a student. Now, listen to me, all three of you. You're meddling in the things that don't concern you. It's dangerous. And you forget that dog, and you forget what it's guarding. That's between Professor Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. Aha, said Harry. So there's someone called Nicholas Flamel. Ah, so there's someone called Nicholas Flamel involved, is there? Hagrid looked furious with himself. And that's going to end chapter 11. All right, I wrote notes. Yay. I got really confused between the uh, timing between Harry finally regaining his control over his broom and actually catching the snitch. I um, I like, I don't know if there was like, if there's something with my copy of the book or if that was just how it was written originally. I'm highly amused by the badger pelting towards Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Kudashai, good morning. I hope you're still kicking around and I hope you enjoyed that. We are like, the ADHD is strong this morning, so just prepare yourself for that. Okay. It's been a hell of a morning. Here are the notes that I have written. You made notes. I made notes. It's easy to write notes with laptops now, apparently, even though laptop camera's being a bitch. Yeah, I I noticed that. Uh, we're going to have to t- keep an eye out for that. Uh, that being said, you guys talk about what you want to talk about. I'm going to go grab an actual jot pad. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So first things first. Hagrid had rabbit fur gloves. How many rabbits did it take to make the fur gloves? How big are his hands? How big were the rabbits? Because there are meat rabbits mm-hmm. who are specifically bred to have like be very, very big. But I don't know if their fur is made to be good. And we've seen, and you, there are some big rabbits. There are rabbits as big as cats. Yeah. Next note. Fire in a jar. Yeah. We'd never see it in the movies, and that is disappointing. That would have been a great merchandise item. That would have been an awesome merchandise item. I would love to have fire in a jar. Exactly. Next item. Filch and Snape, friends? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because think about it. <laughs> he could have gone to the Medi-Witch... He could have go- he could have made a salve. What does he do? No, he goes to the one non-magical person that works in the school who hands him bandages. So I think they're friends. Fitch and S- Snape and Filch are roommates. So here's something. <laughs> and they were roommates. the whole scene was set up to look suspicious. Yep. Specifically mm-hmm. to incriminate. Snape and to make people think that it was Snape. That being said, Dumbledore's got all these protections on the sword on, on the stone, right? He's got yeah. all these protections on and enchantments on it, including Fluffy. Five Bucks says he told the teachers to forget about it and to not go near it once the enchantments were set up. 
which means mm-hmm. Snape going near the enchantments could theoretically mean he was going against Dumbledore's orders, which means he wouldn't necessarily want this getting back to the headmaster. Maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't, maybe he didn't have concrete proof that, um, and that, uh, you know, the person that we know was going after it was actually going after it. He was trying to figure it out or find out how long he had left to figure things out. Um, maybe he was going to check on something. We don't know. But for some reason, he actually didn't, it seems like he didn't want word that he was there getting back to Dumbledore, despite the fact we know he's not the one that was stealing the stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that made sense. That that did make sense. Okay. Yes. Sorry, my, my brain's all like all sorts of fucky this morning. This afternoon. Mm-hmm. Whatever time of day you guys are listening to this, my brain's all sorts of fucky. Yep. Or watching this if you are subscribed to the Twitch channel mm-hmm. and are able to watch replay of the live stream. Yep. Okay. Next mo- next note I had were were the girl players in the movie? I didn't see a whole lot of female players in the movie. Nope. I mean, how many female Gryffindor students do we see? Mm, we see at least not one. a whole lot. The only one mm-hmm. I recall ever seeing in that was named in the movie was um, Hermione, and then later they turned uh, both of the Patel twins yep. into Gryffindors, mm-hmm. which I'm calling bullshit on that. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. We know yeah. there's inconsistencies with the movie. Inconsistencies yep. with the movie. So Next point. <laughs> Next point I wrote, one of the Weasleys had a wristwatch. Now, if we recall correctly, in the Wizarding World, um, when you reach the age of majority, in which in this case is 17, a stepping stone for that is you receive a wristwatch. It happens later mm-hmm. on in the seventh book uh, when Harry is given one to show, hey, you're an adult now. Oh. So why? So wrist either or they. Watch. Uh... It said wristwatch in my copy. At yeah. least. No, not that. When you turn age of majority, are you given a wristwatch or are you given a pocket watch? Uh, I'm going to look wrist... that up. Because look don't up forget, we find out next book what kind of man Arthur Weasley actually is. We find out what one of his massive massive obsessions is all about um we find out that he is he is obsessed with muggle things so it's not completely outside the realm of possibility that fred and george weasley might actually have wristwatches what third year even even potentially first year maybe they got it for going for being accepted into hogwarts who knows that is true it, it it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility for Arthur. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So and then finally, um, more proof that uh, the Weasley twins are great big brothers because they see that Harry is obviously struggling. So their first course of action is to try and get him on one of their brooms, but can't. So then they start circling underneath him, even though the teacher, a.k.a. Madam Hooch, should have stopped the game when she saw something was clearly wrong with the broom. So we also have to look at the fact that not only is that a thing, but almost immediately since the time he has stepped foot into Hogwarts Hall for the first time, the Weasley twins have almost 
started looking out for Harry and chatting with him and being friendly towards him and, you know, not judging him for who he is and helping to guide him and helping him to find his way around. They are looking after him much like a, much like siblings do. You can't tell me that they're not. Like, almost from the first moment they met him, they accepted him as one of theirs. They, they started teasing him just like they would Ron or Ginny. What I like, too, is this also shows uh, Molly Weasling's great mothering. Because we didn't hear her say, look after him when you're in Hogwarts. It was instinctual we, for them. It was instinctual for them. So, they at most, I think they would have heard... They listened to their mom when she said, don't you bother that boy. He doesn't need to be reminded about the worst day of his life on his first day of school. And they're thinking, oh, dang, wait, we don't know where this kid went afterwards. No one has seen him for like the last 10 years. Yep. And he's tiny. He's small, smaller than Ronnykins. And they immediately and they immediately brought him into the fold. And they were like, they, they basically claimed him. They're like, you're ours now. There's Pretty nothing, much. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, you're just, you're ours now. We've got you. And they stuck behind him 100% throughout the rest of the entire series. They may have doubted him from time to time, but they stuck by him 99% of the time. And they had his back, which is what family does. I would like to point out, and this is just me, who is hating just a tiny bit on Ron. They stuck by him more than Ron has. Yep. Pretty much. Yep. Ron's also been known to be flippant, though, at least according to the books. He's been known to be rash and impulsive like that. And let's not forget... <sighs> okay, so I'm going to jump ahead a bit here because we have already been over our spoilers thing. So at this point, just spoilers are a thing. Spoiler warning. We see what kind of effect the... Um, Horcruxes have on Ron. Yeah, we see what they do to Ron in Book Seven. We see how they drag him down, and how they make him think the worst of himself. Ron is insecure, and the Horcruxes feed off of that. We know they feed off of that, and they feed off of negative emotions. Ron yeah. is not exactly the most stable person. No. So. Him not always sticking by Harry is not completely outside of, uh, it's not completely out of character for him. What the important part is that he keeps coming back. Mm hmm. And he Which always, is... no matter how oh, many times he leaves, no matter how many times he distrusts or how many times he's angry, he's always there when it matters. Yep. He might get pissed off at people, but he's always there to throw down for his friends almost every time mm -hmm. i think there's only like one or two times he's not but that is a testament to ron's character mm -hmm. which is why i we are pretty much on agreement with everyone else that agrees that what uh, the original author said after the series is utter bs yeah we were talking about that earlier that you know that My brain just shut down. Fuck. We were Please talking sorry. about... Yes. <laughs> sorry, talking about what? 
we were talking about what Rowling said as total BS as to what happened to Ron after the series. Oh, yeah. The fact that he became a uh, bitter, angry, and abusive drunk. Like, that's... We, we were talking about that. It's something that Rowling said a while back in, I think it was a tweet or in an interview or something like that. And we have all agreed that Harry and Hermione would not have let that happen. They would have gotten mm -hmm. him help somehow, even if they had to force him into it. He may have resented it, and he may have been bitter about it. But we don't believe that Ron would have become would have been uh, would have become an abusive, angry drunk. And not just Harry and Hermione; the entirety of the Weasley clan. Mm. Yeah. Do you think Molly Weasley would allow any of her children to like she hit them? She spouse? would have be. She would have beaten Ron to next Tuesday. I would say she would have hung him out the top window of the burrow, but we all know the burrow burnt down, so. Yeah. Still, that being said, if not if if not Harry and Hermione, definitely the Weasley family, especially Molly. Yeah. Especially the remain especially the the elder brothers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Jenny. <sighs> Ginny would have smacked him real good for in like in Molly style. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. It might just that be, was. It could very well just be a short chapter. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's Quidditch, right? Yeah. It was Quidditch. There wasn't a lot that happened besides for the beginning when Harry tried to get his book back. Yeah. Yeah. Just... I think he was also just. Yes, he always looks at the Gryffindors to try and take points off of them, but I think it was more of a, I'm really pissed off about the fact that uh, I got bit by a... Uh... <laughs> I get really pissed off that, that Fluffy tried to use my, my Legacy Jew toy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take it out on these children. Yep. Uh, and again, Sorry, I... just kind of cements my whole stance that yeah, Snape might have given his memories and he might have sacrificed his life for Harry, but Snape was still a fucking asshole and there's no way that Harry's kids should have been named after Snape. And I will nope. fucking die on that hill. Change one of the names of the children to have McGonagall in one of their names. Mm-hmm. Have one of them be named after Hagrid. Have the little girl be named Rube, like Lily Ruby. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um... <sighs> I still got super confused at like that whole jump from uh, Harry uh, getting control of his broom and getting the snitch. It's like, wait, I uh, feel like there should have been more. Ah, <laughs> uh, Harry James Potter Jr. You were named after two of the biggest assholes I ever knew. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no one. One of his kids, uh, I think, is. Um, Albus Snape or something like that? Or Albus Severus? Albus Severus. Yeah. Still named after two of the biggest assholes he ever knew. Which begs the question, if we work our way through the Harry Potter series, and we finish book seven, do we want to move on to the forbidden story? No. Mm. There is no forbidden story because there is no addition. It is still technically about... written by the original author. We don't talk about that book. No, no, no. We okay, don't, so we don't talk need copyright about that infringement. book. We don't need copyright infringement? Thank you. <laughs> I'm not doing the whole thing. Just 10 seconds. Uh-huh. 
Ten seconds is allowed. We don't, uh... What are you doing with that? Fuck, I dropped it. Um, anyways. Uh, there was something else I was going to talk about, and I can't remember. Whatever. Hey, when that happens. Right? My, my brain's just, like, completely shut down. So. Did you take your meds? Yep. Have your meds kicked in? Yep. Meds kicked in about 20 minutes ago. So, perhaps we should just shut it down, shut the episode down here then. Um, mm -hmm. And we should come back and do, what, chapter 12? Yep. The Mirror of Erised is our next chapter. Oh. We have some things to talk about with that chapter. Indeed. Because this starts a whole new line of lore for us. So, for those of you listening to the podcast, we'll see, uh, we'll, we're going to be wrapping up here. For those of you watching on the Twitch stream, please stick around. We have much more to come for you today. Uh, if you would like to follow us on socials, you can find myself, or sorry, you can find Lady Punnett on TikTok at paulina.avalon. You can find myself on Linktree at L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blazewing 2010. You can find The Reading Dragon on Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash The Reading Dragon. You can find us on Anchor, and you can also leave us audio messages on Anchor that we can put into viewer feedback episodes at anchor.fm slash idiot dash book dash nook. And you can find our website at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com and the idea is that we're going to have a whole bunch of resources there at some point for you. Um, fanfics, extra lore, tidbits, that sort of thing. Um, we also have all of our, we, I was going to say all of our socials, all of our Instagrams, I mean, our one Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at idiotbooknook. Uh, we are going to be advertising our podcast episodes and whatnot, and we're going to be hopefully taking our... Favorite quotes from each chapter, starting, I think, chapter 7, and putting them out there for you guys to see uh, and to kind of have a discussion about. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I, again, for those of you listening to the podcast, we will see you in the next episode. For those of you on the Twitch, please stick around. We have much, much more to come this morning. Go ahead. Oh, also, don't we have something that our listeners listeners and viewers can send us through one of the uh, Google links or something like that or through the website in what respect so that in the respect of sending us link uh, either uh, material for uh, fanfic stuff or uh, resource material and whatnot we don't have a submission form we do have uh, an email idiotbooknook at gmail.com you guys can send us that there. Um, that'll all eventually be incorporated into the website, hopefully, uh, if you guys want to uh, join us and whatnot and uh, just give us stuff and all of that jazz. Um, so for episode 11 of The Idiot Book Nook, I'm Blazing. And I am the Reading Dragon. I'm Lady Punnett. And we will see the podcast in a couple of days. And for Twitch, we will see you in about 15 minutes, give or take. We'll be back at probably about half past. Yes. We hope you have enjoyed this. And um, we'll see you shortly. <laughs>